Good Show. Good podcast. Subscribe to podcasts of Good Show at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590 The Fan. On demand. Going in for the shot. The shot is It's game day. for the Leafs and Flames. John Tavares with a hat trick! This is the Leafs Morning Skate. Mitch Marner snaps it home! On Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, it is time for Leafs Morning Skate. Andre DeVoe, Sean Mathias, Jeff Blair. I feel so sorry for Leafs fans. I mean, they get criticized for being quiet, not doing anything. And Saturday night, they get together to show John Tavares some love and people are criticizing them for being small town and it's kind of chintzy. And... Mall. I, I mean, know, Andre, I, 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 didn't have, I didn't have any issue with that. I, I understand it kind of got co-opted a bit as these things happen with the, you know, the team getting involved and all that. But I don't know. I, I thought it was great. <laughs> I don't yeah. know any other way to put it. Well, any anytime you... First of all, the guys come in and had an unbelievable year, so you should cheer for him anyway. Uh, but, you know, after what he went through on the island there, I, I thought fans could do what they want, and, you know, it's, it's just my opinion, but I thought thought it went a little overboard. Throwing the snake in the ice. Oh, throwing, I mean, like throwing snakes. At, what would somebody have to do? What would, you, what would somebody have to do to you for you to throw snakes at them? You know, Probably be, yeah. be my team captain for nine years and then leave and yeah, sign I, a I guess. contract in his hometown. Yeah, but at least they weren't live snakes. Uh, but at the end of the day, well, like we were talking about off air, I mean, I don't feel too sorry for him because he's, you know, he's making his money and you know, sticks and stones and all that. But, but it, it, I, I did think it went a little overboard in the island, and I was glad he got some support from Leaf fans and and uh, you know, you know, mm-hmm. he's potential captain in the yeah. future. So you know, we'll see. As a player, I mean. You're taught not to let your jersey touch the ground. You see their fans putting their jerseys on the ground and driving over it. Yeah. In, uh, in a locker room, yeah. if you drop your jersey, you pick it up and you, and you kiss, kiss the crest. It. You got to kiss it. Kiss it's, the crest yeah, every time. You never let it touch the yeah. ground. And here's their fans just dumping their their team logo all over the ground and stuff. So it was, I didn't like it. I don't have a problem with them booing them, yelling whatever. You know, they're going to have fun with it. It was a lively building. It was a lot like a playoff game um, just with how the fans were reacting. And I don't think the Leafs were fully ready for that type of atmosphere. But when you're throwing things at a player when he's coming off the ice and warm up and you just miss his head, even though it's a jersey. and Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that because yeah. it's just, just – I hope that guy or whoever it was got kicked out of the rink. But, I mean, it was nice to see the fans in Toronto uh, support a hometown kid who's a big part of this team. But I wonder what uh, Jake Garner thinks when uh, he sees the fans. <laughs> I thought about that. I said, Leafs fans owe Jake Gardner yeah. about seven yeah. pregame right? ceremonies. We're so, we're so quick to rip a player who's going back to his old team getting booed. But, you know, you're booing your own players. So. I mean, maybe maybe some, if you hear someone booing your own players next time, you give a guy a little shove and be like, hey, we don't do that yeah, anymore. Yeah, we don't do that. Yeah, that's that's what Islander fans do. Yeah, no, actually, that was that, that was a good point. Uh, yeah. And I said, I mean, Leafs fans, though, by my account, they owe Jake Gardner at least three, at least three pregame. Uh, Before every pre-game year, they week. should give him a standing <laughs> yeah. O now for the next week. Just to get him to back. stay. Yeah. The Leafs are on the road tonight against the uh, Calgary Flames, um, and uh, it's interesting. You know, we've talked about the Leafs having a penchant for slow starts. Uh, the Flames have 31 wins this year in which they've taken a one-goal lead, so you know that they're going to have some jump. Um, let's look back on the uh, 5-2 win over Buffalo for a minute. They'll leave aside the whole John Tavares uh, love-in. Um, 
So Nick Patan gets his scores and his uh, gets a game-winning goal, I should say, in his Toronto debut. Uh, the first player to do it since Brendan Leipzig did it um, in uh, 2016. So it's not that long ago. I'm going to ask you guys this. We've talked about how the Leafs' fourth line isn't a traditional fourth line. And I'm not certain Nick Patan makes it any more traditional. They went the other way. They went the other yeah. way. They went more untraditional. But what did you what did you think of him taking a regular shift on that line? I like Patan. I played with him in uh, Winnipeg. He's a very skilled player. He works hard. I don't think he's a fourth line player. He's not. A, he's not a bottom. He's yeah. he's not a bottom six player. He's a he's got the skill level of a top six guy. Um, he had a rough go in Winnipeg. There's just guys ahead of him. I don't really see it changing here in Toronto. There's, I mean, I can't see him cracking the top six. He's good on the power play. Maybe he can fill in there. He's he's a good pickup for depth, mm-hmm. but um, I still think they need size on fourth line. Um, Patan, he's good on. Th- he'd be good on third line. But I was kind of laughing at Dubis going around uh, slapping hands after he did scores. You see that <laughs> shot? Yeah. Have you ever seen a GM do that? <laughs> no. It's like, oh, it's like I a made a great kick. trade. If he scored, yeah. I'm gonna go slap all the hands now. It's like, come on, man. Let's see a sample first. But, I mean, it was nice to see him score. He's a, I know how hard a time he had in Winnipeg there. So he's, he's a really good kid, and I hope he does well here. Just seems odd, right, that a guy can't crack – and not, not taking anything away from the Jets, but my point is the guy can't crack the Jets lineup. The Leafs do have some forward depth as well, and you're, you're trading for him. Well, but I guess you can make the case that Par, you know, Par Lindholm's joining the Jets, right? And, I mean, the Jets are in the same situation. But – he might not play there, though. This yeah. this might be more long-term. The, the, they're thinking, um, you, you know, who knows what happens in the summer, but there's potentially you might lose one of these skilled forwards playing along with Austin Matthews. And um, he, he's a potential guy that you could throw in a top-six role, and he might mm-hmm. get 15, you know, to 20 goals. So I think it, it, it absolutely doesn't make sense for this year. I mean, I... It makes zero sense to me, especially after watching the Islander game. Uh, mm-hmm. The Islander game, I thought uh, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, and Matt Martin were one of the more infective lines. Uh, yeah, they were running around. Clutterbuck and Sezikis just ran around because they knew there was, you know, there's no consequences, and especially Matt Martin out there. And well, he got, challenged Justin Hall, and like, not well, he nailed him, and then nobody's yeah, going nobody, to his def- like yeah. nobody's there. But and then the next game, the answer to it is to put a guy who's five nine on the fourth line. I mean, it, it, it makes no sense to me. But what do I know? I guess you saw Casper Kapanen fight. I like it. I, I, he's feisty. I like it. I, I like it. He I, does have an. There is a little. A competitor. There's a little sort of like his old man. His old man had kind of yeah. a, an edge to his game as well. Yeah, uh, frankly, this old man could be a dirty player. Tom. We you, the, the Leafs need that stuff. Like, look at just the last few weeks. I mean, that McNabb kid ran Janssen, hurt mm-hmm. him, no response. That uh, kid in St. Louis, Dunn, the defenseman, I think it was, yeah. or runs Kadri. He's Kadri's still out, no response. Right. Dermot gets hit, he's out for a month, no response, and it's it's weird. Like nobody's calling that out. Nobody's saying. Oh, we're gonna. Well, we'll beat them on the power play. It doesn't matter now if you scored on the power play or not. Like th- these guys are out. Mm-hmm. They're they're out of the lineup, and this is what's going to happen in play. If you if 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 you think other teams aren't looking at that and going, you know, there there is no they have no answer for that. They'll they'll they might score against us on the power play. Who cares? I thought Jake Muzzin had a better game Saturday. Uh, he's been up and down, more down than up lately, I'd say. But I, I'm going to ask you guys the same question I asked. Uh, we asked Mike Seisberger this morning. Look, we know that, and I understand there are contractual situations at work here, but 
the Leafs, if this goes on, and we expect that it could be two to three weeks that the Leafs are going to be without one of uh, Dermott and, and Gardner. At some point, if things, and we'll know more in this trip, and we'll know a lot tonight, I think, but at some point they've got to start thinking about Callie Rosen, don't they? If he's as good as, 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 as people think he is, if he's capable of contributing next year, don't they have to think about bringing up a guy like that? Or I'd go even Rasmus Sandin. If the goal this year is to advance in the playoffs, I need my best players there. And give those young guys some experience as well. Why not? Yeah, I I agree. I, I don't know why. I know this. I'm sure there's a service time thing with yeah. Sandine, but I mean, if we're at the point now where the Leafs are worried about service time with a guy who they think could be one of their better defensemen I down mean, the road, it makes no sense. Didn't they give Rosen a couple years one way contract? I, wasn't that wasn't it Rosen they just did that to? So I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't understand if he's going to be the. He's obviously in the plans for the future in the next couple years. Um, why not give him a shot? And when they have no money, you think they would want these young guys coming up, getting some experience? Because Hainsey's not going to be around for much longer. He's he's getting older, and yeah. I mean, it doesn't make really any sense. They have no money to buy free agents, and like there's not a whole lot there. So why don't you develop these guys? And the depth problem back there is a big question mark, mm-hmm. huge question mark. Yeah. Uh, what did you uh, make of the way the Leafs approached that game against Buffalo after after the loss to the Islanders? I'll start with you, Sean. I think they came out well. Um, I mean, when you see your fans um, cheering on your player like that, standing up, especially in uh, it's sometimes known as a quieter building. I mean, that gets the hairs on the back of your neck standing up. Uh, it wasn't a great response in uh, Long Island. I don't think they were ready for that type of hostile atmosphere. I mean, a lot of young players, they probably haven't seen too much of that before It's mm-hmm. other than playoffs. So to come uh, back to the home, home rink and have a good game like that and respond well, I mean, it was a big two points, um, but uh, they got a really big test tonight. Calgary's a really good team. It's the start of a road trip, uh, and time change, a lot of changes. So it's, it's a good test, and uh, it was a big win for them leading up to this road trip. Yeah, I thought the Buffalo game, I thought it was a kind of a boring game, but mm-hmm. it... Um, you know, I thought I thought it was it was okay. I thought I thought the second goal I was really that was a big goal at the end of the period to tie it up. I th- I thought that took a lot of window to Buffalo sales. I, I was surprised, and I, I think it was the was it Marlow who was at the second Riley Riley Marlow was in front. I was surprised it wasn't challenged though. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought there was some contact there. I was surprised Housley didn't didn't uh, challenge that. But the Leafs are just a way better team than them right now. I think Buffalo is one of those teams to watch in a couple years. I really like what the GM's doing. He's really building the team from the defense out and there's some really good young players there but they're not on the Leafs uh level as of yet now anytime the Leafs go out west of course the part of the talking point is the number of Leafs fans that show up at a game um, it's crazy oh yeah crazy I was gonna ask you I mean you played in Winnipeg you played out there you played out in the west um What's that like when you step out on the ice and here come the Leafs and the place goes nuts? It's amazing. They're everywhere. They're everywhere you go. There's always Leaf fans. Uh, the fans are so passionate. It's amazing. So um, as a player, when you go to coming from Florida like myself, I mean, there wasn't too many Florida fans in Vancouver <laughs> or uh, out west. Or, or in really Florida. Even, even, even in Florida, Florida. I was just going to say, say that. They won't say it. But, uh, yeah. but as, a, you know, playing in Canada – um, Vancouver was like that too, but I mean the Leafs. You go anywhere, it's just the fans are all by the tunnel cheering you on. It's it's special. I mean, um, it means a lot. You you see how much it means to the city. But when you're on a in a away team and you're in a visiting barn and you see that many fans, it really makes you uh, 
realize how special it is to put that jersey on. Yeah, absolutely. I thought what was cool about playing was you get it from both sides. Um, it'd be all the passionate fans that would be on the road coming, but then you would attract all the fans. You know, everybody wants to go cheer against the Leafs mm-hmm. too. So you get, you know, it's it's really is a. Uh, something that attracts a big crowd every time the Leafs come to town. The fans used to come to uh, Florida because it was like 16 bucks for a ticket, and that included your parking and a beer. Just take a flight down. Yeah. You get a nice little vacation, get to see a game. and yeah. Instead uh, of 400 not? bucks for a ticket in the platinum level or whatever it is now, they pay 16 bucks. So it's a good deal. So there's always a lot of Leaf fans in Florida. The guys really notice that too, don't they? Like the Guys really notice that, especially oh, when you're playing against them and you see yeah. more fans for them. Yeah. yeah, I remember when we went to Florida once uh, in warm-ups. It, it, there was a whole bunch of people in Leaf jerseys around the lower bowl. It, it was like we were in a home game, you know, and then the game started and we had more fans there than the, the Panthers did. I mean, it was back when attendance was really low, lower than it is now for the Panthers, but it was pretty, it was pretty amazing to see. The only thing is after the game, if you're staying over and you try and go for dinner or, or a couple of drinks with the boys or whatever, there's always leaf jer- or leaf jerseys or whatever. <laughs> you know, they're all over the place, so you got to be on your best behavior. So that's probably a good thing. You got to be on your best behavior in Toronto too. Trust me. Um, as we uh, as we look at <laughs> yeah, that's true yeah. actually. As we look at tonight's game, you know, one of the things that kind of stands out about this is if you if you look at both the Leafs and the Flames. Um, you know, they kind of match up pretty well. You know, I was just looking at some of the, some, some of the numbers. There, there's a lot of similarities uh, between these two teams, whether you look at, you know, power play, uh, penalty kill, um, goals given up. It seems like it's a pretty even, it's a pretty even match across the board. What, what's going to be the key? What's going to be the key tonight for the Leafs against, uh, as I said, against a team that even though there's going to be Toronto fans in the building, you know, the Flames, this is Toronto's only visit this year to Calgary. You know, the Flames are going to want to come out and, they want to win this game, and they're they're fighting for first overall. Well, it's a big test. I think the Flames are one of those teams. They have a good uh, balance. So there's a lot of talent, but then there's a lot of grittiness too. And and I think if the Leafs make it kind of a more run and gun skill game, make mm-hmm. the Flames play like that, I think they'll do well. But the Flames have that other element: the the physicality, the uh, the the grittiness, and if it gets kind of low battling the corner cycle is I, I you know i don't think the leafs will match up too well against that so i think if it's a if it's a more open game uh I, I think it'll be better for the leafs i think you're gonna see leafs well with calgary with how strong their defense are i think you're gonna really realize how far away the leafs are yeah because yeah. they yeah, don't have look at who they have they have hamannick giordano tj brody those are really good defensemen the leafs don't have that and the Leafs have great forwards. They have a lot of skill up front, but so do the uh, Calgary Flames. They're, they're, I think they're going to be exposed tonight. I think they're going to go into a rink, and it's going to be a hard night for them. It's a hard rink to play in, too. The ice is always soft there. Really? Uh, yeah, it's just uh, I always found the ice really weird there, and uh, you know, pa- the fans will get on you and stuff. So I think this is a good learning um, learning night for them. I think they're going to go into a team, and they're going to leave, and they're going to have a lot of questions answered. But this year, usually when they're going against the top teams, I remember when they went into Tampa and um, uh, the other big one in Winnipeg, they usually have their better games of the season. So sure. I mean, they usually they usually rise to the, the level of the other team. So hopefully we'll see that tonight. Johnny Goodrow has one goal in 15 games. I want to ask you guys this. Um, look, there, there. Obviously, there's pre, there's scouting before you go into every game. Um, when you have a guy who is a talented offensive player and he is struggling, 
how will Mike Babcock and the coaching staff approach that? And 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 uh, is is there? Do you put guys? Do you put a focus on a guy when he's struggling? Like when you plan for a game, do you look at a guy who's struggling and go, "We got to do this against him"? Yeah, you you play him like he's scoring anyway. You, you I, I think you, you even uh, play him a little tighter because you don't want him to have a breakout game, get some confidence, and uh, you know start scoring. Player like that. You approach him the same way you'd approach any talent player. You're physical, and you take away his time and space. Are the Leafs going to do that? I hope so. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, He's only I, got seven shots and goal in his last five games, too, which is staggering when you think of how good he is. But it's hopefully that outburst isn't tonight. Like, yeah, yeah, yin and yang. I mean, goal scorers aren't going to score every game, and and he still has thirty goals on the season, and I wouldn't. I, you know, I wouldn't bet against him getting 35, 40 still. So. I look at him more as a playmaker anyway. So yeah. he's, he's always dangerous when he's got the puck on his stick. He's looking past first. So I'd be more concerned about uh, looking for Monaghan and stuff because he's, he's got a good hands in front and got a good power play. But, uh, no, you usually don't. If a guy's slumping, you just try and keep him quiet. And like Andre said, you, you might try and play him physical or get under his skin, especially a smaller player. But goes back to that question. Who's going to do that on the Leafs? Mm-hmm. Who's going to play him hard? Because well, no you're not one, playing the fourth that's, line That's against, the so. way you should should yeah, play yeah. a player like that. I'm more interested in, you know, Calgary's doing so well, and look at a player like James Neal. I mean, yeah, five, 15, five, five, points. 15 point. they signed him to this huge, and I don't think it's his, his fault. I mean, the way they've used him this year has been mainly third-line role. Um, they, they signed him to this massive deal. He... he he was one of the leaders to lead Vegas to the finals last year, and they signed this massive deal, and they, they don't use him properly. He's in my good. Opinion. He's good in playoffs, though. So I awesome in playoffs. Yeah. But I, I just what, yeah, I, what's the thinking there? You know, I mean, you I, sign this guy this big deal, and, and you put him on the third line. I don't yeah, understand. I, I kind of wondered about that too, because that's been an ongoing story in in Calgary all year has been his use. But I'm kind of with Sean in this. I think I, I think if you're the Flames, you're looking at him as a guy who's. You really need him in the playoffs, I think. Almost almost more than the I don't I wouldn't say more than the regular season, but I'm looking at him as a guy who can be really important to for me in the playoffs because he's been there and he's a big body too. Yeah. I yeah. think Kadri's a lot like that for Leafs too, as a third line center. I mean, I think he's gonna be great in playoffs, but I mean Niels, he's he's done it. He's been to the cup finals twice. He's scored a lot of goals in those in those runs. He's always been uh, very competitive in the playoffs. So they brought him in for depth, they brought him in for the playoff push and I think He's maybe not having the best year, but he's someone who comes alive that time of year. Yeah, and I think if you I mean, you look at his numbers, he's he's still averaging what he's averaging fifteen minutes and one second, fifteen minutes a game. Um, it, it's yeah, it just seems though as if uh, it seems as if the Flames haven't really, they just don't know what to make of him. Sometimes yeah, the grass just, isn't greener on the other side, too, right? You you leave a good situation and you think you're the go-to guy. You're the go-to guy, yeah. then all of a sudden. You find yourself on the third line. You're playing a different type of role, and you know it's, you're not really fitting in. Well, I, but I just look at him like you know. You think of him when he was in Dallas. You think of him when he was in Vegas. All, all you need to do is put him with somebody that gets him the puck, and that guy scores. Yeah, it's and, his release. And, you know, it's a, he's got a sick shot. He's good at getting open. He's pretty quick for a big guy, and he just he doesn't really play with a playmaking player it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me but I, well he's know, not like gonna I play over monahan because monahan's got he's better i mean yeah yeah and he needs a guy like goudreau passing to him with that type of release and i guess lynn holmes having you know the, the a sick year so mm-hmm. i guess where do you where do you put him but I, he he 
he's still, I think he should be at least second line. He should be closer to 17, 18 minutes. I mean, at the end of the day, too, they're paying him. You're paying him big money. I think you should be using him a little bit more. But I guess at the end, I guess, uh, like I said, that, you know, if they're paying him, they're going to put him where they want him. It makes $5.5 million now. First line guys make $11 million. Yeah, so. yeah there mm-hmm. you go. All bonus. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to go off the board a little bit here and talk to, just ask Sean about, Blake Wheeler got four goals last night. The Jets, uh, the Jets seem to have righted the ship. And, you know, uh, there was a graphic during the game last night, the number of man games they've lost in defense and all that. A couple of things I wanted to ask you about. One, Sammy Nicky is a guy whose name always, always Good hair. Always comes up. Great hair. He's a guy that a lot of people thought the Jets might actually end up looking at, at, at moving at the deadline in order to get something big in return. They didn't. Um, and he's probably going to have to be a factor for them next year. But I, So I wanted to ask you about him, but also about Blake Wheeler. Tell me about Blake Wheeler because it seems to me that he's a guy – I mean, he gets a lot, he gets a lot of attention. You know, I, and People know how good he is. But the people really understand how important he is to what goes on with that team. He's a workhorse. He goes to practice every day and competes. So he's kind of like the heart, like the heartbeat of the team. I think him and Bufflin, they're, they're like a yin and yang. They, they're, they're both mm-hmm. very different, but they, they balance each other out. They balance that room out. But Wheeler goes to work every single day. He's, he's working hard in the weight room. He's working really hard in practice, and he leads by example. And uh, he's a competitor. He's a passionate guy. He, he loves playing there, and uh, he's a good captain. I mean, he means a lot. He's taken a lot of those young guys under his wing. He's uh, shifley. You know, he's always with him talking with him and uh he's been good for for that team really good for that organization and uh it's good to see him have a good night like that they really seem to have sort of very quietly rebounded haven't they i mean i know it helps to get connor hellerbuck i think what did he have 40 saves or whatever last night that helps obviously it's it's good for them down to you know it might be good for them to have uh a slump, and, uh, yeah, slump yeah, leading into the playoffs because you, you don't want to be you don't want to be uh, already peaked before playoffs the best teams who mm-hmm. i've noticed in my career so far the the teams that tend to peak kind of going into playoffs. They're on their way up, and then they peak, you know, kind of second round. They're usually the ones that have a really good shot at winning. So you don't you don't want everything. It makes me think of Tampa Bay a little bit. They've, you know, right. things, things have gone pretty good for them all year, and this team hasn't, you know, they've they had a little bit of adversity with a couple injuries, but nothing big. So it makes you think of that, you know, what happens in playoffs if they get some injuries. But for in, in Winnipeg, uh, I mean, they'd be they'd be in my top two, three teams. I really like their style. I really like how Chevy Dayoff builds his teams, and um, you know, I, I think I think Chevy built these teams in mind for playoffs. Mm-hmm. The, the only question mark with Winnipeg for me is the goaltending. Goal I, I, I don't yeah. I don't trust him a hundred percent, but he's played well. And but look at the four big teams there. I would say San Jose, Calgary. Winnipeg, Nashville. Look at their decors. Mm. And compare them to. And yeah. compare them to. There, there is no yeah. comparison. Yeah. There's none. Everyone's like, is this the year? Le-? No. No. These aren't going like, to. They're building towards that. They're doing a great job. But I could hear your Twitter going off right now. That's, I why, could, I del- yeah, that's I... why I deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> Try and tweet at me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> what did he used to be? It used to be Danger Sean Mathias. Yeah. Right? yeah that was, was a it. great Twitter yeah. handle. And it's gone now. It's gone. It's that's gone. awful. Couldn't take the abuse anymore yeah. on there. <sighs> Someday, that's my goal in life is to just get off Twitter. And I don't know why I don't, because they expect <laughs> us to be on it here. Probably, probably the reason. Um, we're going to take a break. and we come back, we'll uh, do our offside onside. I might have an answer to where the Leafs can find some toughness. I may not. We'll find out if these guys agree with me. It's Leafs Morning Skate on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. 
Tim and Sid. So funny, you might pee a little. Luckily, you can listen on the can. Subscribe to the podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Now, back to Leafs Morning Skate on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Offside. Well, guys, five minutes each for fighting. Or onside. My goodness. Whose side are you on? Hey, get off my back. All right, let's go. Okay, this is like shooting fish in a barrel. But I was thinking about this Saturday night. And, you know, we've talked about how the Leafs need to play a little heavier. And, and I mean, obviously, the, the trade deadline has passed, so you got what you got. So when I came in today, and, and I've kind of thought <clears throat> in recent games we've seen Austin Matthews be a little more engaged, right? We saw the thing with Shea Weber. We actually saw him run a goalie the other night. Well, run a goalie, collide with a goalie. Presume preferring to do that. Um, I'm preferring to describe it that way, I should say. Here's the thing, though. I mean, for this team to get tougher and to play heavier, to me, Austin Matthews is the guy who has to step up. And I'm not saying I want him to start running around and hammering people because of the shoulder injury. But, gentlemen, Austin Matthews has 14 hits this year. (laughs) This is a guy who's averaging 18 minutes and 21 seconds a game. Just to put that. that in perspective... Martin Marins, and this is unfair because of the type of... He's got 12 hits in 12 games. Mitch Marner has 24 hits. Kasperi Kapanen, 70. And uh, just out of interest sake, because we've always talked about Connor McDavid slash uh, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid is 31 hits. So, I mean, it's not like he's running guys through the boards either. But th- this is my thinking. When, when it comes playoff time, I want to see Austin Matthews matched up against Patrice Bergeron. And I want to see Austin Matthews. And, and this is not to criticize him because he's a great player. I, I just need to see him be a little harder. Grittier. To play again. He's the guy to me. And people are talking about Nazem Kadri when he returns. He's going to help. Maybe. And, and yeah, Nazem Kadri is, is, is a gritty player. But Austin Matthews just has to add a little bit of that commodity to this game, doesn't he, Andre? Just a little, like a little bit. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe aim for two hits a game. I think it's important. I don't. I, I think he's the type of player where you don't want him running around. You know, you, you obviously want him thinking what's the best way I can score. How am I going to score? But he's a target. He has a target on his back. The other team is always going to be looking to finish checks, and it's important for him to give it back to guys, especially when he's getting hit, to take a number and to mm-hmm. make sure when next time he sees that guy to to finish his hit. Because when a guy when when a guy figures out that you're going to let him. Uh, let him skate all over you. That's exactly what he's going to do. So I think, uh, um, for, you know, from his perspective, just just protecting himself is, is a big thing. You know, I, I don't I, I don't care how many hits he has. I, I just want him to protect himself so I could watch him snipe a few more cheese. So you don't think that he necessarily has to toss his weight around a little more? I don't think he's he the type. Fourteen hits. Yeah, I, I, that's impressive to do. Like, I don't know. I, I don't understand at this One, point of the year. Four. Yeah, I know. That's, when you're but, that big, do not accidentally run into somebody. Mitch Marner have more. Well, I mean, maybe I could. We can complain about his ice time. He, he's, 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 only, he's only playing thirteen minutes a game or whatever it is. Maybe there you he, go. We could maybe complain he, about the ice time. Maybe if he was playing twenty-one, twenty-two, he'd have a, a few more hits. But he'd have gotten twelve and a half if he had more hits, like McDavid. That I, those ten more hits, eh? I don't. Uh, How do you have fourteen hits? I don't, I don't know. That, like, that's at this point of the he, year. He plays yeah. in he plays in those dirty areas too. Like he he's always around the net. I mean, 
he does play in those tough areas, so you he, would think he's banging he has, around. But. but he has the puck a lot, too. It seems when I – what amazes me about him when I watch him is it seems like the puck always finds him. You know, guy. obviously guys are looking for him more, but it, even in the corners and stuff, it seems like the puck's always finding him and he always has control of it and guys are kind of bouncing off him. So I don't think that he goes – a ton of shifts without getting the puck and it's, it's usually you're hitting when you don't have the puck i wonder what babcock thinks of 14 hits i i well i don't think any coach would ever in the entire planet would ever be happy with 14 hits so zero percent yeah i mean that's just a given but that's impressive that's a, that's like one of those impressive stats like how do you how do you I, do that 14 hits at this point of the year I mean, he's one. Of, he's he's amazing with his stick. He strips guys like nobody else can. It's it's incredible. But you look at some of the best players in our time I mean, in the last in this generation, uh, Ovechkin. He's right up there every year in hits. I'm not saying yeah, he needs to play like that, but look at Crosby. He sticks up for himself every now and then. Yeah. You guys had concussion issues and all those situations, and and I mean, you don't want to see him fighting, but at times he's doing it. He's done it for his teammate. The other night he was going after a tough guy, yeah. and he's in the he's right in the mix of it. So. I'm not saying he needs to fight or, or be extra physical, but, I mean, come playoff time, if your number one center has 14 hits on the year, give your head a shake because that's not, like, that's that's something you need to improve. He's a young player. He's, I mean, he's incredible. He's awesome. I'm not saying he needs to go out there and protect those shoulders, but come on, 14. <laughs> 14. Sydney Crosby, Crosby has 74 hits. Uh, blocked shots. Uh, Austin Matthews is forty-eight. I don't so, want. I don't want. That's pretty. I, yeah, but I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> that's, I don't want him blocking shots. No, I don't want I, Austin I don't, Matthews I don't blocking want that shots guy either. Blocking sh- I, so, I mean, he plays I, in the dirty areas. He he does block shots. Like he's not. He is tough. Like yeah. he plays hard. It's yeah. not a question of that. It's just maybe it is in his head a little bit with the shoulders and all those. Because I mean, I don't know. He's, maybe uh, that was the one thing I never understood when I was in New York. Though, when Torts wanted us to block, you know, fifty shots a game with our head. Torts wants it, everyone to block shots. But like so it, it made no sense to me. Like Gabby and Richie were yeah. there trying if you don't to block uh, be, a shot every time the guys would be like, "Oh no, no, no!" Like he, he, he's too good. Let it go through. Yeah, but he snaps on you if you don't block. Yeah, a shot. but that was the only thing. Like I didn't really, I didn't really get that. You don't want to lose a player. Like I don't want to lose Austin Matthews for him blocking a shot. You know, I rather even if the other team scores, I rather have him not hurt. I mean, forty-eight block shots is. That's that's yeah. impressive. That's Fourteen good. hits though is not. Fourteen <laughs> hits is not though. Not when Mitch Marner has more hits than you. Yeah. John Tavares is forty-one block shots. Mitch Marner is thirty-four as well. But yeah, forty-eight. It, and 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 again, that's not the poke. It's just I th- I, I think when I, when I look at the Leafs and I look at a potential playoff matchup against Boston, I I I, I try to come up with you know who is capable of just kind of leaving their mark in that game. In that series. And it keeps coming down to meet Austin Matthews against Patrice Bergeron. I mean, I would almost do that if I was Mike Babcock. I want, that's Austin Matthews' role. Get in Patrice Bergeron's grill. I think if if you play the Bruins first round, I think it's a given that Marner and Tavares will be against that first line. I, th- I think uh, it'll Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchant. And what if they to, don't have home ice? Well, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a home ice, but I think... And you got uh, Marshawn uh, uh, coming at Matthews every night. I think Tavares is that's, too good defensively. I, I think Tavares is too good defensively to not have him. You know, he that, That's where that that's where John Tavares is like an elite player. Like, he he obviously get points. A lot of guys get points, but you watch him shut down, you know, the other day what he did in McDavid. But the average person wouldn't notice mm-hmm. that. But 
McDavid had nothing, and that was, that was completely because of Tavares and Riley following him around all game, and that that's that's really impressive to do. That's what makes guys like Tavares and Bergeron such elite players that other players respect so much as they play the full 200-foot game. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, I mean, what is that? What do you guys think? Let's look three years down the road. What type of player do you think Austin Matthews will be? Do you think he'll be, I, I, again, he's had the shoulder issue, and only he and the coaching staff and the medical staff know, you know, whether that's going to be chronic or whatever. But do you ever see Austin Matthews being a guy who is going to be able to sort of enforce his will physically in a game? I mean, he's got 10 penalty minutes this year. Do you ever see him being a guy with like 40 penalty minutes, just kind of a little 40? <laughs> Masking Andre to I, 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 I once, I once, literally, I had one time in Chicago. I had forty-eight minutes in one shift. I had one, one I had forty-eight minutes in like one, one, one okay, go. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> forty minutes. We're talking for a year. That's fun. It's just funny. But I'm no, hoping you see Matthews as a hundred-point guy in a couple of years. I think he's capable of that. I mean, yeah. they're paying him to be that. Mm-hmm. They gave him eleven point six million dollars when McDavid made. He's making twelve point five on an eight-year deal, and he's got three hundred-point years. And he's gonna have his fourth, and then you got Matthews, who's sixty points, and you got him at eleven point six, and he didn't take a discount and took a five-year deal. So right. I'm hoping he's a hundred-point guy, and every year after this one. Yeah, I'd like to see him play. You know, I think one of the answers isn't necessarily have him play more physical, but if it's in a series against a team like Boston. Why not throw a cadre on his wing for a game that's, or something? You know that I think make that's the line more. Yeah, the, more I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want Austin Matthews changing up his game. He he's got to score goals. He's got to get points. He has to use his shot. I I kind of wish they'd put him with somebody who's a little bit more of a pure passer. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but you, you know the, the line. Yeah, but the line's doing well right now. So so yeah, I guess you can't complain. But. I would rather address him his physicality by putting somebody who's a little bit more physical on his wing that can score. Well, you got Hyman there; he's going in the corners and causing yeah. stirring it up. I'm not. You don't need Matthews being like the most physical guy or anything like that. But I think with time, he's going to get older. He's he's thick boy. He's a big kid. You got to protect yourself. Yeah. yeah, guys are going to see that. Guys yeah. in the room look at all the stats before a game, and if you don't think a guy like Marshawn is looking at 14 hits playing you, he's <laughs> Well, I mean, it's the truth. They're going to know they can get away with it's, stuff on. Yeah, I know. No, Johnny right. Gaudreau only has ten hits, by the way. Well, I mean, Gaudreau's also five, <laughs> five, 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 two. Yeah, one sixty-two. Yeah. Um, one one guy did. I I also wanted to talk about, uh, and I was going to do it in the first segment, but I but I pooched it. Um, Trevor Moore. Uh, you know, we we heard we heard Kyle Dubas talk an awful lot about Trevor Moore after the trade deadline. Really like Trevor Moore's game. Like the yeah. guys in the fourth line right now. If I'm looking next year, a couple of years down the line, I see Trevor Moore as being a regular in this team. Don't you? Absolutely. I think he's so effective. I would so have had fast. him. I would have had him here. Uh, well, no. So, so I would. I would have been wrong because they did end up trading Lindholm for an asset. But I, he's a guy I would have had here ahead of Lindholm. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like his energy. He skates. He competes, and he's scoring. He's shown he's had a bit of a scoring touch. There's been a lot of times this year where I thought. Lindholm could have scored and he didn't. He's know? solid. Yeah. The way he skates is he's 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 the real deal. He'll be on the team for sure. Yeah. They the, got the, on a good contract too. The number of times he's the first guy into a corner is amazing. He and, and I and I noticed that the other night. The number of times he was the first guy in there. And it's and it's 
it, it's not like he just makes a beeline for it. He's so small and shifty that he somehow finds himself in those positions. But I, re- I, I really like his game. I yeah. just think he's... He provides energy, and that's what you want in a fourth line, uh, especially as a coach. So I, I think uh, he's if he's not already, he's quickly going to become one of Babs' boys. So He's uh, good because he can get the puck in, and he's going to get to it first. I mean, the goat's not... His yeah. foot speed's not... But you don't really need him... He's a centerman, so he's a little bit behind. So you need the goat in front of the net with that big body causing a stir-up in front with a defenseman getting the eyes of the goalie, and you need a guy like Moore getting in there with the puck and beating guys and being there first and getting it back up to your point. I like Ennis a little better. Like, I know Patan scored the other day, uh, and, and that, that's awesome, and I think Patan needs to play top six role, but I think the fourth line's better with Ennis, uh, the goat, and Moore. Um, by the way, <clears throat> any, either of you guys home handymen? Absolutely not. No? My wife, Don't look my at wife. me. Yeah, yeah, like, all right, there you go. Well, this probably won't matter to you then. But those of you out there who are, you could win a prize valued at nearly $600, courtesy of Rigid Power Tools, by listening daily to Primetime Sports. Listen weekdays in the 5 p.m. hour for Bob's best-in-class pick of the day. You hear a name, a team name, a year. When you hear it, go to sportsnet.ca slash 590 and enter for your chance to win you can find full contest details at sportsnet.ca slash 590. I'm not a big... My first year in Winnipeg, I went out and bought like 500 bucks worth of power tools. Why? Because I was like, you know what? I need a hobby. I'm going to get handy. <laughs> <laughs> you know how the winners are there? I, I had a nice garage with like a workbench. I was like, ah, my wife still gives it to me to this day. She's like, they're not even out of the box. Like I've never used them. Why on earth would a guy who makes his living with his hands yeah. want to be anywhere near a power tool? Like, the power tool. <laughs> I bought a saw, too. I cut one <laughs> piece of wood. It was so you, crooked. I was like, yeah, this is done. Why would you do that to yourself? Get, you must have peeps. You're a pro athlete. Get peeps <laughs> I don't, to do I, it. My old man's good with it. Yeah. Me? Not so much. I, can't, I mean, from fire, I work with fire tools sometimes. But, I mean, not, not really not really on my own. I, I don't think I, we have a hammer at home. But man, I can put a <laughs> stick together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's me. When I'm doctoring up a stick, I mean, that takes a good hour. You got the I'm, sandpaper yeah. going. I'm cutting. I'm using power tools then. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got it. You got it. You, Dialed in. Your sticks take care of you. You got to take care of them. You got to have it the exact an, way you want. An hour? On your it, stick. it takes me. Yeah, Yager before, used to before, sleep with a stick. Who did? Yager. You bring his sticks yeah. home from practice and stuff, and like sleep with them. I heard this yeah. is from the guys in Florida were telling me. It, honest, honest to God, like before a game, it, yeah. if I if I like cut a couple sticks, like yeah, it would take me like an hour to do them up the way I wanted, and and I was quicker than a lot of a lot of guys spend a ton of time. Like there, I remember Spezzo when we played in junior, he had a deal with Sherwood, and he would. We'd say to Spez, like, why do you order the sticks like that? You change the entire – he would heat them up and curve them, and he'd be sanding, you know, whittling the, mm. the, the, the knob and changing the whole stick. And, you know, but it'd take forever. But he did it every single – and he gave a stick away every game. So he did it every See, that game. would be the thing yeah. that <clears> – <throat> I that would be the thing, man, giving the stick away. Like, I, I understand when you give a stick away and they've got sort of those – the collector sticks, like yeah. stock sticks. Yeah, I couldn't spend all my time doing that and then give it away. I was so be- lazy. I like if you ask me for my stuff, I'm like, oh man, I gotta go make another one of these. <laughs> <laughs> Took me way too long to do it the first time. <laughs> who was the, uh, the guy you played with? That was the the guy who spent the most time working on his sticks. We need to get Savard in here because Savard's like the the guy yeah. who's the expert at taping sticks, right? There's some guys, man. Bufflin was big on his sticks. Like he would always change and stuff, really? stuff around. Really, like I, I keep jobs. See, yeah. Buff, I, I would, I would think he'd be the opposite. Not like I was only at camp with him twice, but he didn't seem like he... he'd have a different stick every day. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, 
All right. Well, there you go. So, uh, so much fun. Well, there, the folks at Rigid Power Tools. I'm just, like, again, I just I got nothing to do. Dear, I'm going down to the home hardware to buy 500 bucks worth of saws. <laughs> talk, talk about Because I got a garage. M- money to burn, huh? Just like, no, it's just, just yeah. I, I don't, I keep away from sharp objects. <laughs> They're on Kijiji yeah. today. They'll be later today. They'll you'll find them on Kijiji. Sean Mathias, as, as, as said on the Fan 590. <laughs> Um, again, it'll be the Leafs and the Flames tonight. Uh, nine o'clock puck drop on Sportsnet 590. The fan Leafs Nation pregame with Stelic and Savard at 8:30 p.m. on Sportsnet 590. The fan postgame with Stelic and Savard right after the final horn. Horn. The Leafs are uh, on their Western Canadian swing. They go on to face the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we talked a little bit about this off air. While the Leafs are doing that, the Bruins, the lucky Bruins, get uh, Florida. What was I just saying? Florida, Ottawa, and uh, some other easy team this week. Florida, Ottawa. I don't recall the hurricane. Don't they play Tampa Bay this week, I think, the Bruins? No. No. no? That is old. Oh, that, oh that's old. <laughs> there you, oh, there that you go. is old. Uh, Come on, Travis. You're making no, me not look, Travis's you're, you're making fault. Me look that's bad. The, that's a morning show, people, man. They got, they got the... <laughs> Travis is so mad right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Travis has got nothing. Travis has got nothing to do with that. Look, so this is an interesting week for the Leafs because they've got this trip. Yeah, the Bruins, I'm sorry, the Bruins play the Hurricanes, Panthers, Senators, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Um, and the Leafs are, you know, the Leafs need to make up a little bit of ground if they want to close in on home ice. It's a huge week That's, for this team. The home ice is going to be big for that first round. I'll tell you that. Uh, um, I, I, I don't think that needs to be said, but I think, I think against a series against Boston, I think we'll go... Six seven, I do believe you'll see the Leafs get past the first round this year. They're building. I think so too. Man, they're 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 doing a great job building towards uh, something special here. I don't think they'll get past second round, but I I do think they I do think they'll win first round. Yeah, comparing them Blackhawks, it's a work in progress, right? The blueprint. The blueprint. It's just it's such an odd. uh, It's just been such a weird year. I, I I I don't know what to. I don't know what to expect, you know, and the thing with the regular, we've talked about this, when it comes to the Bruins and Leafs, the regular season means nothing because there have been regular seasons where the Leafs have, have beaten Boston. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter going into the playoffs. Um, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's just, as I said, there's so much weird stuff happening this year. Um, I, I, this sounds really odd to say, as I just find it hard to believe the Leafs won't win a round. I, I yeah. don't know why. I just they I'm, do. No, it's not just <laughs> that. It's sad. I think talent. Gonna win it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. these young players are gonna get real fired up, and I think this is the year they're gonna get past the first round. Because, I mean, like I said, they got a lot of experience last year. I honestly think going to Long Island is gonna help them because they were in a hostile environment. Yeah, but they didn't react very. well. They didn't react well, but that's why I think it's gonna help them because that's a learning curve right there. You know, they can go a learning lesson right there. They can go in. Have a good meeting. You don't think Babcock's addressing that? For yeah, sure, yeah. But the, my my problem with that, and, and you know, I, I do hope I'm wrong. Let's but get positive, boys. I, yeah, <laughs> Come on. I've watched I've watched two games now where uh, Talkit on Phoenix has basically picked the Leafs apart with a game plan, and I I, I think most teams will have will, will play the They're Leafs. They're getting similar. past the first round. I, I hope so. I, I hope I'm right, but I mean, I, I think there's a certain way to play them to bring up your odds to get a win. That was fun, boys. Thanks for doing it. For uh, Sean Mathias and Andre DeVoe, I'm Jeff Blair. Thanks for joining us on Leafs Morning Skate. Hockey Central at noon is next. Great day, everybody.